Anticipating having a conversation with you, man. I need you to tell me what the hell you have going on. You know what is what is going through my eardrums. You know, sonically, I checked out your music. You reached out, and I'll be honest with you, like I'm kind of in a weird place with music. I think people suck, honestly. Yeah, just, just, I feel you, man. You know, so so I was like, eh, but but I got off my high horse. I got off my high horse. <laughs> And I went and checked your music out, and I really like it. Um, but just, how did you get here? What What is this that I'm listening to? Explain it to me. Yeah, yeah, great question. You know, I 
I feel the same way that you do. I had this kind of frustration where I was raised on really lyrical, poetic music, you know, back in the 90s and even late 80s, the 2000s, like early 2000s, like they had a, a more, there's more substance in the music. And, and now it's just really superficial. It feels like just there's no substance anywhere. And it feels like everybody kind of sucks. Um, so I kind of created my music out of that space of not being able to hear what I wanted to hear and just getting frustrated with not hearing the music I remember hearing when I was younger and that I grew up loving. So I wanted to create that vibe again. And I've always been a poetry writer. I've always been a closet musician. So this was my time to finally claim that voice and really give myself and the listeners something that was more substance, had more substance, something mystical, mysterious, um, deep, soothing, emotional, poetic, spiritual. And that's what my music's all about. Hmm. So what does substance mean? Right, so if um, if you gave me a cake or you made me a drink, and I'm like, what's in it? What is this? So, what is substance? When I'm listening to your music, how would you describe that? Yeah, there's a message always that has a deeper meaning, and a lot of my songs have multiple meanings. Um, you can hear them from a more superficial, literal aspect. Or you could deeply go into the symbolism of what I'm saying and what I'm presenting and really hear kind of another story being presented, a deeper story, a deeper message. And a lot of it is really pertaining to my individual journey in life, but also I think about the mass consciousness, the collective, the, the whole population of humanity and what we're struggling with and how sometimes our interpersonal struggles reflect what the mass consciousness is also struggling through so there's a lot of layers to my music and a lot of meaning there hmm. okay. so you, you go by rissa vibes so yeah but at the same time rissa has to eat food so how do you create a vibe that would allow you to basically live completely off this and retire off this and if if what your you your sound is not necessarily uh, popular in the marketplace, right. it's, it's kind of a niche sound. I enjoy it because I enjoy uh, different kind of shit. But so how how do you create this music and not end up sleeping under a park bench somewhere? Yeah, that's a good question, man. I've been a hustler like as far as just being of media 
and music making and message delivery. And so I know that in the next 5, 10, 15 years at most, that there is going to be a bigger wave of this kind of sound and music and content. And I'm going to be one of the, the veterans in it. I'm going to be one of the pioneers of it. And a lot of pioneers of music were really different and nobody thought it was going to work. Everything was like awkward for them. That nobody really knew if they were liked it or not. But most of the best music was made that way by breaking out of the, the norm and not conforming and then allowing that lane to build its own capital and its own ways, you know? Mm, okay. But I do a lot of other things. I'm a spiritual teacher as well. I do intuitive readings. Um, I have a video uh, media company business that I do all of my music videos through, and I own that company. So um, I'm really smart with my art. Everything that I do and have a passion for creatively, I make money off of because I've learned how to do that just from using my resources wisely and pro providing the service for others too. Okay, okay. Let me backtrack because you said a few things, and I want to... Uh, I want to get into it more because I think language is important and yeah. sometimes um, we say things and we think that people know what we mean so I want people to get a firm understanding of what you mean uh, by some things you said you spoke on Mother Earth and you spoke on Gaia um, yeah. can you go into that a little bit more so people have a understanding of what you mean when you say those terms Yes, absolutely. So Gaia is essentially the Mother Earth energy, the, the energy of this world that we live on, this Earth planet. Um, and Gaia is the spirit name for it. It's the kind of essence of the Earth and what the Earth represents, which is creation, uh, molding from, you know, from, from the base of the foundation, creating a foundation and supporting life and allowing building and evolution upon that life. Um, and so connecting with Mother Earth is a big deal because it's not only about environmental issues with everything that we're going on, that's going on in the world right now, but also just understanding and having a connection, a natural connection with nature. We were such a big civilization that that connected with earth back in the day like in ancient civilizations we were so invested in earth energy and we were we looked to the stars for answers we looked to the herbs and that grew from the ground we we mined crystals and used those that energy from the crystals and looked at the sun to tell us things and we don't do that anymore and i think a lot of that has caused us to lose our way of, of not returning back to connecting to the earth and connecting to the earth energy that is kind of our inner mother that that place that we can create from when i go out into nature and i'm able to just sit there and watch the birds chirp or the butterflies flutter or the branches sway i can see how creation develops in a natural way not in a man made way and it takes you into really what the real inspiration from building all of this world that we've built from our hands came from it came from watching that happen through nature so i encourage people to do that and connect with gaia and mother earth mm, okay so when you say we when you say we used to who is we humanity in general i mean there's so many civilizations that have connected with earth and have really looked to earth and the seasons changing and the plants that grow naturally and the animals that exist for answers and 
it's a humanity thing. It's not even necessarily a specific culture or race or civilization. It's, it's a humanity thing. We were all naturally interested and inspired to connect with Earth. And we don't remember that sometimes in our daily lives because we're so connected to machines now. Hmm. So, the Earth people... Let's okay. So let's let's go into that mind frame. So though those that those that connected to the planet basically have been dominated by those that don't. Would you say? In a sense, I feel that way. Yeah, I, I know that a lot of like tribal and indigenous people in other cultures and in other areas are still very connected to the earth and still very connected to those ancient ways but they also do now kind of seem like they they've been looked down upon like they seem like the mass consciousness consciousness kind of looks at them like they're not evolved or they haven't they haven't grown and it's like we actually haven't learned what they learned they know so much more about the natural way the stars align and things that we have to look to youtube or google for they know just by connecting with the earth and the stars and so we forget that those traditions that they still honor are so sacred and so incredibly important to the development that we are in here so if we can't appreciate that and the way that they live then it really kind of question for you right here. You ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. I love tough questions. All right. <laughs> How does the sun, moon, and the stars referee a match between those people that are looking towards the earth for inspiration and say those people that are, let's call them the earth people versus the technological people, even though the earth people have their own form of technology, right? But let's just say for 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 understanding sake, we're talking about technology in terms of skyscrapers, submarines, um, missiles, nuclear weapons, mm-hmm. energy, stuff like that. So yeah. how does the sun, moon, and stars referee a match between these group of people? How does that happen? Yeah, that's such a great question, and it is tricky. And I think we're kind of moving towards it just with awareness. I think right now, you know, the sun, the stars, the moon, they're they're shining a lot of energy onto us, solar energy, cosmic energy that influences us. Our, our vibration of the earth is its own vibration, and the cosmos have another vibration. So we're always feeding off each other. But when it comes to the two groups, I feel like the harmony comes in when we become aware of each other, when we understand and can see each other and the whole spectrum, and we let go of the ego that tries to argue who's right and who's wrong, because it's not so much about that, it's just encouraging those who may be imbalanced in one way to find balance, because when we all find balance, then we appreciate all that is that is here for us. We appreciate the earth and the elements that come from there, and we also give back to the earth, and we care and are kind to the earth because we understand its sacred value. But then we also understand what we have elevated to in our advancements with technology based on our inspiration from the earth, and we value that as well and what it can help us do to continue that evolution for humanity and the earth's sake. But I think right now we're very disharmonic. So a lot of the technology aspect has just not been considering the earth aspect or the sacred value of the earth. And they just wanted to build, build, build and not really care about keeping those sacred values secure. Mm, Okay. So 
you spoke on balance, right? Yeah. Now, let's just say what you were speaking about in terms of the earth people. Let's say they they had they were dominant. Their way of life was dominant for a hundred thousand years, right? Uh-huh. And uh-huh. and the majority of humanity uh, told their story through stars. The majority of humanity had a relationship with the environment. Let's say for a hundred thousand years, it was only like that. Then when you look at the world now, would you say, since you spoke on balance, that this is the balancing of a world that existed before? It's getting there. I think that it definitely is more balanced because of the fact that we were so one-sided back then. But we also, farther back, hundreds and thousands of years ago, also had incredible technology that that people now can't even understand, that they, they carve up fossilized, and they're like, I don't even know how they knew about these things. How did they know exactly what this star looked like galaxies away and what its name was or what its name would be? So there's still a lot of technology that came from those Earth people and traditions. They were able to connect so clearly to outside vibrations, cosmic energy, cosmic influence, or whatever it was that gave them all of that knowledge. And they brought that through with their intuition, their connection with nature, and their ability to understand and interpret it, and created a lot of very advanced technology back then. But now, I think it is just being mindful of our balance and really always being aware of it, because I do feel like we have balance here. There's definitely some balance here, but we have to be really careful about every decision we make, I think, in in creating that balance and making sure that everybody that's making the big decisions also is taking that balance into consideration. And that's really what it comes down to, I think, is just making sure we have a lot of people that are caring about the right things and are holding other people accountable to care about those things so that these all of these things can be taken into consideration when we move forward. Okay, if, if, if I'm a person that has done nothing but uh, uh, basically been educated and primed by the Board of Education and public school, and then I hear someone like you, you know, I hear your music, and then I hear you on the interview, and then I'm not so sure that... I really want to be a part of your music anymore because now you're talking about ancient people from a hundred some thousand years ago. You know, my textbooks didn't say that. Now you're talking about Gaia. You're talking about uh, spirituality and advanced technology. How do you not lose me, the casual listener to your to your material? Again, I like your vibes and stuff, but if my frame of reference is only public school and maybe I don't know the things that you know how are you how are you gonna allow me to walk with you on this journey as you as you show me and and, and tell me and reveal things that you know how are you gonna do that yeah I mean the thing is I never want to impose my beliefs on any of my listeners but I do want to inspire them to do research on their own and to think outside of what they've been taught because though we haven't maybe heard these things in historical, you know, history classes when we were kids or, you know, in that kind of dynamic, we also have to remember that our whole system of schooling and a lot of other systems that we're forced to stay in and really um, just kind of walk the path of are governed by people that aren't 
always considering everything and usually aren't and are kind of pretty open about that and we already know that there's a lot of things that we learn outside of school that isn't taught in school life stuff um things that we didn't realize or can really consider when we get out of school like things about the real history of thanksgiving or other things like that there's a lot of sugarcoating and kind of filtering of information in school for the sake of keeping the kids you know not thinking too negatively about things or or understanding too much of the, the violence or dualism energy in the past and so we have to be as adults and as people that are outside of that school or even within it sometimes, we have to be able to find our own truth. And all I'm speaking about is my own truth that I've found in my own spiritual journey and life journey from research, from actively listening to things that were outside of what I've already learned that had a lot of truth and a lot of research and a lot of substantiated evidence that it's impossible to even argue it in some cases. And when that happens, it's important for us to not hold on to the truths that we were taught in school if we're finding new truths that are valid and more expressive and more substantiated than even the things we were taught. And we have to open our eyes. We have to wake up to that consciousness of knowing that not everything we were taught was correct and not everything we were taught was the full story. And we know that because as adults we realize that when we get out of school and live life that we didn't learn everything you know completely in school and so I never asked my my fans to actually adopt my beliefs you know I I never want to impose that on anybody but I want to at least inspire people to think outside of the box and to be open to learning new things and if you hear something I say and you don't agree with it that's totally fine and you still like my music please listen you don't have to listen to my interviews you don't have to dive into my spiritual side I keep my music very um, lightly spiritual and more my neutral aspect because of that reason because I just feel like I care about really being relatable to everybody and I'm not going to just go down you know the deepest tangents of that stuff when it's not really representing the full audience I want to be able to inspire people to think outside the box but not force it down their throat Mm, okay so this thinking out the box how does it how would I weigh and measure if I'm thinking out the box and it's bettering my life. Uh, Cause I heard one time those that increase knowledge increase sorrow. But the more you know, the more you know, actual you're creating a reality where it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to adapt. It's hard to adjust. You know too much. So if if I go down this path, what does it make me a better human? Like what is the What's the reward at the end if I do my research and I read books? And what, what's the reward? Because from outside looking in, it seems like people go crazy when they tap into certain things. So what's yeah, the and, reward? Yeah, and I think that might be, you know, part of the reason why schools really made sure to limit certain information to, to kids when they taught kids in school those things because they didn't want to overwhelm them with that kind of Stuff. and that's understandable I mean you don't you don't tell kids every single thing that's going on in the world when they're still innocent and naive and, and needing to preserve that innocence but um, there's a so much benefit to it it's a wisdom it's an awareness and yes I see that perspective of it causing more sorrow sometimes because you do see 
the truth revealed and it kind of forces you to abandon old perspectives that you've been conditioned to think your entire life or behave your entire life and that can be really depressing and sometimes scary to have that knowledge that wants to make you release all of those perspectives and that conditioning because then you're like now what do I believe in like now I have no idea you know what this means for us and what to do with this information but when you get through that part of it there's this level of understanding about the entire dynamic of the world that comes with it that makes you feel so incredibly empowered by that awareness because you realize that by knowing the full picture the bigger picture perspective you're able to see more your role in it and what you want to do to make a change or to change yourself in the way that will exude the truth that you feel from what you've learned and if we don't allow ourselves to get to a truth that we've learned for ourselves that we've been able to pride ourselves on and empower ourselves with then we miss a huge part of our development as a human being and as an adult because we we access a new way to teach ourselves information that we've learned and to trust the truth that we feel and not necessarily the truth that we're told and when we break that habit then we start living our truest path no longer conditioned or governed by conformity or this need to believe everything you hear you actually start learning how to question things and you trust that questioning and it leads you down paths of enlightenment that you never expected and it's a beautiful journey mm -hmm. okay so the sun shines on the person that reads and it shines on the person that doesn't so yeah. if a person doesn't do what you're subscribing what happens to them I feel like they just stay on their path and whatever they are meaning to do. I don't think that it it will completely, you know, dishevel their existence or anything. It's just allowing them to be more who they are comfortable with instead of who they maybe would be able to be uncomfortable with for a moment that would expand them into another level of their being that they never knew. A lot of people don't want to learn new things because they're really comfortable where they're at. They really just want to stay where they're at. And that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes that is the life purpose, to be comfortable where you're at and watch from that perspective. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to learn a lot of other things from that, too. It's, everybody's path is different, and that's why I never like to try to force it on anybody and I try to keep that music neutral because it's really up to you how deep you want your path to go how much you want to open your mind to certain things how much you feel comfortable doing that and how much of that feels true to you if it doesn't then that's okay and I honor that too and respect it so okay let's, yeah. let's shift right here I got a got a tough another tough question for you are you ready yeah all right who is the most misunderstood artist ever and why Oh man. Oh, it's so hard. Let me see. Let me it think could, about this. For it could a be anything. It could be painter. It could be music. It could be photographer. It could be director. Anybody that dealt with art that you feel like was completely misunderstood and why? Mm, you didn't see that this one. Is a, this is a tough one. Yeah, you didn't see Man, that one I, I kind of feel like the most, though, I'm going to give 
this example because it's unique. I don't know if they're the most, but it's a unique perspective. I feel like Walt Disney was very misunderstood. Um, a lot of people said he was very racist or pervy after he died, like after they kind of observ observed a lot of his um, animations and kind of looked into deeper meanings and stuff. Um, but I feel like he had a lot of observance of the spectrum in the world meaning the spectrum meaning um you know the deepest darkest energy and the brightest most lightest and and innocent energy kind of this spectrum and he brought through a lot of that creativity with his perspective on that spectrum and a lot of the things he made had elements of the whole spectrum which i feel like also kind of ties into what we just talked about where it's peppering the creative art and the media with deeper meanings that can be found but aren't put forced upon they're not pushed into people's faces and i never thought of it as a thing where he was actually trying to um be discriminatory or sexist or anything like that or or pervy or try to like create anything like that i always felt like it was him trying to show people a little bit more than what they were seeing in the world, um, showing them that kind of different level of observance, that the different meanings that they can find in just watching one cartoon. How many meanings could you take from this? How many things could you see? How many levels of energy could you find here? And that's really a representation of every person and every being in this existence is a multi-dimensional person, a, a person with many layers. Uh, sometimes they're happy, sometimes they're sad, sometimes they're they're a little creepy, sometimes they're a little bit, um, you know, deviant, and that is humanity. And so I feel like Walt did a lot of that peppering of that in his media, and some of it was really misunderstood at the, in the end. And he also talked a lot about aliens and did a lot of um, documentaries about things like that that people weren't talking about, and people didn't really like it. They, they really criticized for him for that, but I think he was misunderstood because what he was trying to do was just bring people into new awareness also and try to encourage people to think differently and learn new things that they weren't really uh, open to learning yet. So mm. push some buttons. Is he frozen or is he uh, is he gone? There was rumors uh, of him being frozen. Do you believe that? I don't think he's frozen. No, I don't think he's frozen. I think he's gone. He's gone. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. Okay. Now, I think a lot of the people they say are frozen. I think is you know there's the technology for it. I do believe that, but I just don't think that those people are doing that. I feel like that might be something that they might be doing behind the scenes. You know, trying to trying to make you know versions of these people who knows i don't know what the government's doing or what other people are doing but okay. I, I try to not believe too much of the frozen stuff because i feel like the people that passed on they, they're gone i feel okay so you mentioned deviancy now i know as artists sometimes uh we our art our art we create from a, a shadow place and that shadow place represents our deviancy things that you know sometimes we're ashamed of our nature or it's something that we hide uh it's yeah. a it's a appetite it's very primal as best as you can as an artist what does rissa vibes shadow look like not yourself where you know you're loving life like what does it look like on the opposite 
of that whole thing? What's that like? Yeah, I mean, one word, junkie, really. Um, it, it goes into my song. That was really what my song on the album, Junkie, or the um, song Junkie on the album was was about, is my shadow side. And, like, that's really the essence of spirit junkie is there's the spirit side and then there's the junkie side. It's the shadow side. And the reason why I picked junkie is because I did go through a really strong battle with drugs, with narcotics. Um, and it taught me so much about my shadow self and my shadow side and it allowed me to experience that for the sake of that wisdom and coming out of it now I'm so aware of that aspect of myself and the junkie aspect really represents you know kind of this over compulsion like obsessive nature sometimes you know overthinking over stressing um you know feeling a need of things and and not knowing how to get it um and also, like any kind of drug abuse, I'm not. A, I don't abuse drugs anymore. I'm, I'm eight years clean now, mm-hmm. off of narcotics. But there's still those addict tendencies. We we are all uh, we're all able to tap into that. Even people who haven't struggled with addiction, drug addiction, and substance abuse, there's something that's in there that's that you're doing in your life that you're addicted to. I guarantee it. Everybody has this kind of addict brain, and usually that addict brain comes with this need to continue doing something, uh, over obsession compulsion um and then it kind of affects and consumes all aspects of your life to where you don't even realize how much it's influencing you until you take a step back and see the full picture and how much has changed since growing into that kind of obsession so yeah it's a little bit um deep and dark but it's it's so necessary for the awareness i feel like all all of our shadow sides are wow i'm 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 thankful that you shared that because you know, throughout history, a lot of human enlightenment comes from, uh, say, mind-altering substances or being in that place of, you know, tapping deep into the subconscious mind. And a lot of times, the narcotics allow that because it suppresses the ego, right? Yeah. So now you don't yeah. have that that thing there that protects you from new experiences. Some people die, but those that don't, they have an interesting story. You know, a yeah. lot of a lot of human innovation. Uh, comes from those places and I personally think it's very important to let that shadow live you know we, we talk so much about the higher self but we have a primal self too that is very attached to this planet and yeah. um, I think we have to know ourselves in that place as well so I'm thankful for you sharing that uh, because that shadow is very important now yeah let me ask you this uh, a lot of people now, because of um, information, the internet, a lot of books, panels, podcasts, everybody's loving light. So do you really think if someone wanted to love you or you wanted to love someone, they could not really love you unless they love your shadow? Yeah, absolutely. Now, how would you introduce me to your shadow if it's something that, you know, like... When is it gonna, you know, when when is it gonna come out? That's a good question. I think what it is is really just being honest about your shadow because a lot of times the shadow self comes through when we don't even expect it. Um, when we're trying to, you know, stay level-headed, it, it will peek, peek itself through without a, a warning. And so it's, I don't know if it's about introducing the shadow, but more about just being honest and open when it does introduce itself if you're around someone or you're with someone that hasn't seen that part of you or doesn't know that part of you yet or if it comes up in discussion 
that's a great time to discuss it and to be aware of it and to say, hey, that's my shadow side peeking through. Like, I'm sorry, or oh, I should, you know, I should have maybe thought about that before I did that. You know, that was my ego acting up, or, or that was my overthinking. I'm just stressed. I'm sorry I reacted that way. You know, I tend to do that sometimes, but I, I like to try to keep in control of it with my awareness of it and my practice. And so, you know, that, that way we're always observant of it because sometimes people will say, you know, I used to do this and I used to have this and this was all a big deal. And sometimes because of that, this happens. And that's a good discussion to have, but it's important not to leave it there because there's still going to be times where that shadow part creeps in and exposes itself and if you can't see it when it does and be able to take responsibility and redirect it then you're kind of allowing it to govern yourself as well or at but least. wait but wait but wait okay i'm interested in you I'm, I'm digging you i love everything about you but i don't got eight years man i don't got 10 years 12 years for this shadow person for me to see the, the deepest, darkest parts of you, the parts Sigmund Freud was talking about. I don't have right. that long. Okay. No, so. I agree. That's why I think it's important to definitely like be open and honest with your past with people. That's what I'm saying. Like have that conversation of this is what I used to do. This is what happened. This is what sometimes happens and occurs. How but soon? Don't just leave it there. How soon? Man, it depends on what kind of relationship you're getting into. If it's a business partnership or a romantic relationship, that thing needs to come out immediately, probably at least in the first couple of meetings and when it starts to feel like it might be going somewhere and you start to solidify some future plans that's important to to get in that like lay that down because if you don't then it's going to be a shock to that person and it's going to be a shock to you if they react in a way that doesn't love that shadow and that re rejects your shadow then you just put yourself in a situation that backfired on yourself because you weren't honest so i always say the sooner the better when it feels right and it feels like something that they need to know then that's when you should tell them you should never like try to procrastinate that if you feel like you need to tell somebody about it okay so rissa vibes is out on a date or she's chilling with someone that's interested in her you guys just watched the movie like how do you how do you open that up like look man i like you whoever you are i'm interested but man look you need to know how i'm wired should it be yeah. that direct like that it can be I tend to like to ask the person how their life went too and like really create that conversation like hey like let's talk about like our past and how we got to this place like how did you get to here and how and what did, and do you want to know how I got here like what struggles did you face let me tell you what struggles I faced and then it's a mutual conversation because you also don't want to be the only one saying that you don't want to be like pouring out your soul and then they're like oh okay thanks for telling me and then they just you know that's over it's like no like let's have a let's both like let's both set the stage here let's like bear our soul a little bit together let's let's mentally prepare for this discussion by saying hey let's both talk about our our past and what has caused us to be here what has developed us into who we are today and why mm, okay so let's kind of staying right there let me ask you this are lies important are lies important? Yeah, are lies important? Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me caption that. I'm, I'm saying okay. that to say, you know what? You know, no one likes losing. No one likes losing, especially if you come from a fucked up background. You don't right. like losing. Okay, great. You're dating somebody. Um, you're interested in somebody, but you also have other desires. You're also a little different. But the lie is holding the relationship together. 
kind of like our society and our world, right? We live under one big illusion, right? Yeah. But a lot of relationships are like that too. And should this person ruin this flow by telling you the truth, like, hey, Rissa, by the way, man, you know, I'm, I'm not what you thought. Or should, she, or should they keep you in suspended belief, like a movie? Should they yeah. keep you like that? No, the suspended belief will always, always, always backfire because the truth will always come through. No matter if it takes five days, five minutes, five years, 50 years, the truth will come through and it will matter. It will matter. Whether it matters to that person, maybe that person, maybe they live a whole life, you know, and they have 60 years of marriage and that person dies and then the other spouse finds out that secret then you've just ruined that whole 50 years of marriage because now that that spouse is like, wow, it was all an illusion, you know? And it, it will always uncover, it will always come through and it will always affect someone if you don't tell the truth, if you don't, if you're not true with yourself. And if it doesn't affect someone else, it's gonna affect you. It's gonna affect your karma or your energy or the way in which you interact with others from that point forward after you've kind of relayed the truth and held it suspended that belief like that will always come back at you and so it's important to never create that suspended belief and if you think that that person is not going to be a fit for you once you tell them that truth then you have to be honest with yourself on that too because there's probably somebody else out there that is that you're missing out on okay so now what if someone's rebuttal for that is you know what I create my own karma. I'm not governed by the ideal of karma. I create my own karma. And my karma would be if I tell this person the truth, I know they can't handle it. That's the thing, too, right? They know the person. They know you can't handle the truth. This is going to change everything. Now, based on ego, would are we telling a species to compromise its survival for this ideal of the truth? But their survival and their day-to-day is going to be affected. We still encourage them to do that, even if they're going to lose? I feel like there's a way in which to find harmony on that when it comes to things like that are life-threatening, if there's any situation in that way or whatever, um, you know, that could, that could threaten your well-being or the way in which you're living. I understand those situations. People get themselves in those situations all the time. But wouldn't you rather have someone that is honest and loving of your truth and who can handle your truth than to be in a relationship with someone or around someone who won't ever be able to handle your truth? Because there's a free, there's a liberation that comes with being able to be fully in your truth and live fully in your truth around the people that you're surrounded by and if you aren't able to do that then you're in a prison anyway no matter what you're in a prison so you have to free yourself from the prison at some point and maybe it's not right away maybe people come to that realization that wow I've been hiding this part of myself they're not going to be able to handle this truth I don't know what to do because we have these things together and all of this foundation is built and that's going to they're definitely going to react this way 
well, then you need to make sure that you start deciding on how to restructure your life to get you to the point where those kind of decisions, that revealing of the truth, won't affect you so intensely with your life stuff because that stuff should be independent anyway. You should have enough substantiated um, resources for yourself and a foundation built for yourself that you don't have to rely on that as much. And if you're in that position where you do, then it's time to start becoming more independent so that you don't have to rely your decision of revealing your truth on something that you're codependent on that's not that's not fair to you either so liberation is key in, in whatever time that you can make it happen okay so now i mean you, you're opening up so many things because you're saying like should and suppose like some of that is fantasy like yeah, should absolutely. and suppose that's not that's not how it is, right? That's what yeah. people have to go off of how it is. And in terms of right. suspended belief, all of us are in suspended belief because what we think is life is not necessarily life. Like, we have yep. no ideals how animals hunt. The other day, I watched a, a hyena. It, it, it tore a, a, a baby buffalo to shreds. It was like eight of them. They had no mercy. I watch alligator attacks. I watch how nature yeah. survives right yep. Yep. and then i look at our package society and it's only held together by a thread it seems like there's no chaos but it's a lot of chaos how we get our resources our day-to-day -day. for you and i to have this kind of conversation that's just about ideals and stuff people have to suffer in the world for you and i to be able to do this right so suspended belief if everybody just starts telling the truth we may starve. Do you, you think so? Yeah. I don't think so. How would, okay. So if everybody found out the truth that, you know what, Colbot from our cell phone comes from the Congo and the people are starving there, mm -hmm. right, for, for, for us to have this quality of life, for a child to have fruits and vegetables in the morning, these fruits are coming from, uh, countries that are out of America and the people don't have that quality of life. If we start talking about the truth of how we live, then our standard of living goes down. The way uh, 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 our amenities, we don't have um, ice machines no more in the fridge. We don't do that anymore. We, 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 we eat, we survive from the sweat of our brow. Our life in America becomes like everyone's life around the world. That means the caste system in India. That means the Hootsie and Tutsi. That means conflict diamonds. That means the Brazilian favelas. That means every single world, every, everywhere around the world, Kashmir, Bangladesh, how people live. If Americans told the truth, then now the playing field is even out and it's now totally survival of the fittest. Are you okay with the truth? I don't feel like that would happen. I feel like that's a choice. I feel like that's a chosen reality to assume. We don't know what would happen. We have no idea. And we, there's all it would do is would be forcing us a way to find a different way to do things, a more harmonic and balanced way to do things. Which, yeah, it would be it would be a struggle because we've really gone far in the imbalance aspect of the world. There's a lot of deep poverty, and then there's a lot of elite. And, and resources, people that are getting way more resources than others. But there is an abundance of resources here when we put our minds together and we work as a, as a unit, as a humanity, as a, a oneness perspective. We can give service and we can allow ourselves to find new ways to 
mediate the imbalance instead of just assuming that we're all going to go that one side that just isn't realistic i think that we can find a nice middle ground where we're all getting what we need and maybe not hoarding things that we don't need and then there's more of a balanced cycle there where the people that need something that other people don't need are getting those things and people that don't need those things don't have them there's a lot of civilizations tribes indigenous peoples that have no need or desire to have a, a cell phone they communicate as a tribe their community they have community dinner every every night they're they're already one they don't need all of that luxury and inconvenience for them that stuff is inconvenient to them but to us it's essential so there's things that we could do to balance that so that there's not a ridiculous amount of people starving and slaving to make these things but there's more of a, a agreement and something that will benefit both sides instead of the other you know we could be giving clothes and food and resources to those starving countries that are giving us that are working to give us technology and help us build things we could balance that but we choose not to we choose to take 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 and not give anything back and that's a choice and so if we choose to not do that then we can find balance and we can find another way to create oneness and have everybody have something that they need now this oneness that you speak about and this is the same as you know um suspended belief this oneness that you speak of is in modern history after global cataclysms do you have a point of reference when tribes of people that were different practiced this concept of oneness that you're talking about. Ask me that one more time. Do you have a point of reference in modern history, say last 10,000 years, of a civilization that were of that the people were different and they practiced the concept of oneness and not the concept of survival of the fittest those who had more upper body strength would impose their will on another group of people um yeah there's a lot of animals that do it there's not a lot of people examples of it but there's a lot of animals that do it that practice oneness yeah that work as a collective bees ants um birds Tons of things. But the birds eat the bees and the ants. Well, yeah, I'm not, but they're not the same species. They're not, they're not cannibals. Right? No, okay, okay. So what I'm saying you know? is, so, okay, about the suspended belief. There, there's also, if, if we all start telling the truth, the truth is, is that we're all not the same. So how you right. got yeah, yeah. jaguars and you got leopards, they are not the same. Right. Jaguars hunt caimans. Right. And jaguars are better swimmers. Leopards are amazing tree climbers. Now, if you look at leopards in the savannah, lions attack leopards and leopards attack cheetahs. Now, they're all classified as big cats, but they're not the same. Okay, so I think the, the 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 utopia ideal. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Is the utopia ideal about this oneness and this, is that fantasy? I don't believe so because, I 
mean, the, the jaguar and the lion example, I mean, they're based on survival. They're primal. They have to eat when they can eat and they see a prey. They have to do that. We have to do that to a certain degree, but we've, res we've established a lot of resources that have taken us out of that need to be so primal and to have to hunt and gather and create, like, get all of you know, hoard those things and, and be so malicious in like that way. Um, but animals, even when they're preying on other animals, are still practicing a sense of oneness, I feel like, because they are honoring the sake of they only kill when they need to eat. They don't they don't kill to kill out of out of anger or pride unless they're trying to dominate for the sake of recreating or things like that. Sometimes they do that with certain animals that fight for the for the, um, the, the female um, to mate with and whatever. But there's a certain kind of um, respect to the natural cycle where they, they only do that when, when they need to. And we are in a place now where we don't really need to be so primal. And so we should then, because of that luxury, start to use our elevated consciousness to find new ways to create oneness and it, it probably hasn't been done in the way that i envisioned it before because if it had been then we would be there so we have to find ways to create momentum towards that so that we all feel equal and that's really what it's about it's about having a balance where everybody is feeling like they have a fair shot if they have a fair shot, then the game is fair. But if people don't have a fair shot and everybody else is playing the game, then that's not fair. And that's how it is in the primal world and in the animal world. Everybody has, for the most part, a fair, fair shot at whatever they're trying to accomplish and they, they have to do things out of need and necessity. And there is survival of the fittest there, but it's a little bit more balanced, I feel like, than what we do. Okay. We like to hmm. divide and conquer. Okay, okay. So, hmm. what you're talking about is how would that be managed? You know, how would that be? How would that be managed? Who would say what's equal and what's not? And if we look at nature, I mean, just from human perception, we can say like, hmm, I don't know. I don't. I don't see necessarily what we would call fair. Right. It's uh -huh. it's a lot based on opportunity. You know, uh, a, a, a snake lays eggs, leaves the nest and a mongoose comes and eats the eggs. You know, a tortoise, you know, has to crawl so far to the sh uh, to the water. And we already know the probability of 90 percent of those baby turtles making it is slim to none. Right. So when we look at nature, we see opportunity, things, things, things uh, align for the species that can adapt. Right. Yeah. Not even the strongest one, but the ones that can adapt to environmental changes. So yeah. if you remove government from you and I's way of life, we, we never we, we haven't necessarily seen modern humans on a primal level because we have things like legislation right. and legislation start at this point now it's, it's monitoring what people say to each other so you can't even say certain things you can't even do certain things something is a hate crime so the primal things about man has basically been controlled by the pen right okay you remove that how would we have equality 
if you remove governments that are kind of um, kind of forcing humanity away from nature a little bit, where it's kind of a package society. It's not this this level of suspended belief because this is not how it really is for real. So how would we? How would you? How would you? How would you, if you had power, go about equity? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the government itself also also supports a lot of inequality as well. It might prevent some inequality, but it also promotes a lot of inequality as well, um, as far as like classism, things like that, social and like social class and stuff like that. But I feel like when it comes to equality and removing a government. That kind of thing is going to be a hard thing to figure out. I mean, there is reason why that structure is in place to keep things at bay and to keep people in a specific mold so that they don't go off of the deep end and start to create incredible problems. But some of those legislation also limits new ideas that could really advance the world too and create more equality. So. I don't think that the, the government does as much of holding that on to or creating that as just our own natural moral value does. I mean, realistically, the government's been shut down for like a long time, the past like couple months or something, like weeks. So realistically, like the government is not even active. It can't really do anything it can, but it's, it's functioning on a lie right now. It's not even really open. So the government is shut down and nobody is, there's no tyranny yet. There's nothing going on because people's resources haven't been taken away. Their livelihood hasn't been taken away. Now, if the, the government shut down and then something else came in and took all of our homes and took all of our food and let us all on the street to, to survive in a primal way when we haven't been taught to do that in this generation and generations before recently, then that would be a big Deal, that would probably threaten a lot of people and a lot of people would probably act out of their, their natural moral character because of that threat to their life and that intense need to survive suddenly and that fear but I think when we eliminate fear and we eliminate um, the, the threat of our survival then we are all just functioning on our own moral value and that is balanced in its, its own way because yes there's people that have no moral value at all but there's a lot of people that do. Most people do. Most people have that natural value within them where they don't want to kill people. They don't want to rob. Is they morality don't subjective? Mor- is, morality, is, is, it, is morality natural? Is, is that... I feel like it's definitely natural. It's natural. Yes. Okay, okay. I think that it's definitely natural because there's a creator spirit within us that is, is divine. That's why we have consciousness. If we were just our bodies, or if we were more of our bodies even than our spirit or than our conscious mind, then we would be more primal and we would have maybe less what seemed to be on the outside moral value because that's kind of where the primal animals come from. They don't have as elevated of a consciousness as as we do in a lot of ways. So they don't have that moral value because they're based on survival. They're based on more of just that body's need instead of thinking about what that means and the decisions that they make that could potentially hurt another being. So we are elevated in consciousness. We have the ability to think about how it's our decisions are going to affect another life. And because of that, we need to take responsibility, I feel, and allow ourselves to trust in that moral value and simply develop it more so that we can get to the place where we are thinking in ways that we can create new 
momentum for growth, but also still hold on to our own natural value and moral ability. Mm, but now here's the here's the tricky part. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that some creator's energy is creation through destruction and divine doesn't necessarily mean pleasant? Yeah, right? absolutely. So it is. The, a, the divine right? path of spirituality in anybody's life is never always pleasant. That's just not realistic. We're a cyclic energy. Mm-hmm. So Earth is it functions on a cycle. We are cyclic people. We are cyclic beings. Everything is a cycle. So that means that we're going to be in light and sometimes we're going to be in shadow. It means sometimes we're going to be prideful and sometimes we're going to be insecure, you know, and there's the moon cycles. So all of that is very important and it's what makes everything balanced. It comes back to that balance. And so when we honor the cycles of ourselves, when we respect the cycles of ourselves, when we don't try to force cycles on others or impose that energy outside of ourselves or force it on others then i think that's when that natural balance begins to create itself in a new way now that we've elevated so much there would be another version of balance here if we remove the government and if we you know kind of eliminated those systems i feel like it would be a new balance and it would probably take some uh some time to adapt into that and there would be fluxes of negative experience and big flexes of positive but there would eventually be a new version of balance i think that was less dominated and controlled by one force Mm. you know the 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 world is a the world is a very very ugly place like very very ugly Uh but but the things that you're describing the things that you're describing even though the world is an ugly place and the things that you're describing it's possible for people to create a world within a world. You know, yeah. getting to the point where, you know what, um, the the most important world is my mind, okay? And yeah. I don't think that uh, people should try to change the world, quote unquote. Uh, many have tried and many have gone insane. I think the right. only world that you can control and can change is the three-dimensional reality. So I'm thankful for, you know, that that you are saying what you're saying and making attempts to create a world for you to live in, a world and uh, a world within a world. And this is, to me, this is what is missing in terms of art, in terms of especially people that create music. When the music yeah. is off, um, who are you? What is, what is your contribution? You know what I'm yeah. saying? And yeah. a lot of people have really nothing to say you know with, yeah. with with pro tools and great writers i can package i can make anyone a star with it with the right budget but yep. if i sit you on a couch and i ask you what's important to you and, and what does life mean to you whether i agree or not if you can't be thoughtful and go in depth about what you're saying i don't believe you should pick up a pen and write uh, because, I feel you, man. you know, where your, where your art is going to come from is, is not going to be from a, a place of, of, of abstract. You know what I'm saying? So I'm definitely right. thankful for you. And lastly, man, with the with, 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 with the sounds, you know, you have the opportunity to live forever. What does a win look like for, for Rissa Vibes? What's a win look like? Just knowing that one life has breathed easier because I've lived at least one and if and the more i can influence in that way the better that's a rw emerson uh quote you know to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived this is to have succeeded and 
that is really what I live by, and I, I, it's all about service for me and inspiring others and, and creating a momentum for other minds to grow and for other things to evolve from that. And if I can spark you know, the, the world to change by sparking inspiration into another mind that carries on a different legacy that, that promotes that message or that has the same kind of aspiration, then I've done my job. And if I've, if I've allowed somebody to feel better about their life, to feel happiness, to feel joy, to understand themselves better, then I've done my job and that's a win. So the more people I can do that for is what I'm really about. That's sweet. And, 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 let me, uh, and let me shoot this to you, too. All views are not created equal. And it's important that all creators know this because all of us can see people's numbers. And depending on what day you see those numbers, you can feel discouraged. Like, you know what? I'm not touching the right people. But this is the thing. All social media now has an algorithm in it. So you can have hundreds of thousands of followers, but you're not. it seems like you're not reaching them. But this is the thing. Again, all uh, viewers are not equal. Focus on the people that do tune in because it's yeah. better to have a hundred people that support you than a million people just watching you. That hundred yeah. people, they're going to buy a t-shirt. That hundred people are going to uh, buy shoes if you put it out. And just yeah. focus on the 200, the 300, the 400. And, and, and I've got to the point where, where our, I don't want everybody to follow me. Because yeah. if everyone follows you, you have no value. It's inflation, yep. right? So that's just yep. something I pass to you. And please, man, promote all of your stuff. Where can they find your music and social media and everything that you got going on? Let me have it. Yeah, absolutely. So on my Instagram, it's madam, M-A-D-A-M underscore Rissa, R-I-S-S-A. And Facebook is Rissa Vibes Music. Um, you can also find me on YouTube under Rissa Vibes. I've got my music videos up there that I produced and directed and a ton of spiritual stuff if you're interested in that, but you don't have to if you don't want. And then uh, my other Instagram page, if you do like the spiritual tip, readings by Rissa on Instagram. Oh, so you do readings and things. Yep. Oh, yep. okay. I do okay. intuitive work, energy work, all that stuff. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about that. Promote that and tell uh, how can people get in contact for consultation and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, I do past life readings, mediumship, where I connect to past loved ones who've moved on. I, ha- I do um, general readings for work, love, family, spiritual growth, and I also do energy clearings with Reiki practice and chakra balancing. So if you're interested in that, just follow me at readings by Rissa on Instagram. Oh man, with some vibes, we appreciate you being here, and we're gonna knock some of this music. And uh, Thank you. much, much, much success in the future. And yo, keep campaigning, and you know, uh, and 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 be aggressive. Yes, be aggressive thank you with, so with your much. Things, you know what I'm saying? We appreciate it. You, you sound great, and you definitely uh, vibe with us on another level that not many can hang. You know what I'm saying? So I de- yeah, definitely, uh, you gave us a lot to sit with, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to, di- to dig deep and to, to hear me out. I appreciate that so much. I love that kind of interview. So thank you so, so much. Man, no doubt, man. And we're going to knock to this good wrist vibe. You heard?
John Gay. Swear I've been one since a kid. Fuck a movie. Life ain't never had a script. I'm a junkie. Sometimes I see too much. At times I say too much. And I self sabotage. I've been through it all. The fights and the brawls. Prescription addiction. Alcohol pain withdrawal. Still I came through it. This is how I found truth. By admitting I'm a. I'm a junkie, swear I've been one, fuck a movie, life ain't been one, I'm a junkie, swear I've been one, fuck a movie, my life ain't insanity, self-inflicted, anxiety, when I can't get lifted, wondering when Fuck a movie, life ain't been one I'm a junkie, swear I've been one Fuck a movie, my life ain't I'm a junkie, swear I've been one Fuck a movie, life ain't been one I'm a junkie, swear I've been one Fuck a movie Fuck a movie, life ain't been one. I'm a junkie, swear I've been one. Fuck a movie, my life ain't. I'm a junkie, swear I've been one.